You're listening to More Than A Game, a podcast by Cats Football Press. Each week we'll cover the Premier League, the A-League, and we'll also give you our take on what's got us talking on the field and off. I'm Colby. I'm joined today by Andy. Ciao, bello. And Tommy. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. This week we'll preview tonight's Community Shield Clash and the transfer window madness going on right now. Uh, We'll also finish off uh, our previews on each side's chances for this EPL season. First, let's kick things off with our moment of the week. Right, so this is where we're going to talk about our favourite moment from the week of football. Uh, so either on the field or off, and uh, why don't we start with you, Tommy? Yeah, so um, it's been a big week for, for all the West Ham fans out there. We're, we're already planning the, the ticker tape parade through East London, and um, it's, it's an exciting time given that we've just won our first trophy of the season. season we're, we're expecting more, but um, yeah, winning the, the Betway Cup against the Mighty Mans. Uh, from it's one of the great trophies, the Betway oh, Cup, it's, isn't it? it? It's up there with really the European Cup and the World Cup. Yeah. Really. Uh, Tommy, just to be clear, because I actually hadn't heard of the Betway Cup until... <laughs> about two minutes ago but uh it is sponsored by west ham and it's a it's a west ham run trophy isn't it oh maybe <laughs> so. yeah and i mean that said that there's been some illustrious clubs that have played i know um juventus played in uh 2016 i think uh word of bremen have played twice and there you go that's the ultimate compliment the juventus have been there isn't it andy it's big it's big <laughs> What a moment oh, yeah congratulations west ham what an absolute moment uh andy what was your uh, what was your favorite moment of the week um, so I haven't really got one this week, um, but I know what yours is, Combs, and oh, that mate. was obviously the, uh, the Matildas win. Mate, the Matildas going deep into the Tournament of Nations is definitely, definitely one for me. Um, so the Tournament of Nations is a global invitational tournament for national teams, and that's just hosted by the US Soccer Federation. Um, so we're into the, the second Tournament of Nations now. Uh, you might remember uh, last year's first Tournament of Nations, that was where Sam Kerr really broke into the mainstream. Um, and it was also the first time the Matildas had beaten the US uh, at any form. So yeah, for me that's you know pretty great that we're going we're going deep. We only lost it. We only sort of come runners up on goal difference, and the Matildas will now head into next year's World Cup in France, one of the favourites. So I mean I think it just shows how far um, the women's games come in the country. It's you know it's a solid another solid showing at the Tournament of Nations. They're getting better attendances and better media coverage every year. So. And the media right. coverage is important. I mean, you know, the big reason why a lot of people like myself obviously haven't seen a lot of this is because it's simply not covered. Or, yeah, um, it's just not there. Yeah, and doesn't sort of get the advertising it should. Um, I did, however, watch the highlights and a few queries about the Japanese goalkeeper. Yeah, you can't um, get beaten at the near post from a free <laughs> kick outside the box, but... Absolutely not. If that, you take a goal anywhere, you can get it. Look, had the goal not gone in, it would have been a terrible free kick. Yeah, agree. All right, we might move on to our next segment, Own Goal. Okay, now we're going to move into own goal, and this is where we pick out our favourite football fails of the week. Um, boys, how about we start with Man City's new off-duty look? Uh, this whole black shirt thing. Oh, I've got to say, I'm I'm not a fan. I think players in transit should be wearing suits or tracksuits, and I reckon that, you know half the fun in you know footballers wearing like I think these these kits are all made by uh, D Squared, which is like a luxury uh, Italian. I thought they were actually designed by Kanye West. They they look like one one of one of his uh, designs. I actually thought they picked them up at Target. <laughs> it was like a black shirt and some shorts. No, look, they're 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 pretty cool. But the problem is, like I said, I think footballers should be in tracksuits or suits. And the half the fun of 
you know, paying these guys all this money and having them, you know, pick out all their own designer stuff is some of the horrible shit that they choose for themselves. Um, you know, particular favourites for me, uh, I hope, you know, you guys might recall Gerard Peake's, um, uh, PK's chainmail jumper thing that he was rocking at Barcelona. That was horrific. Classic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the one for me. Um, I guess, uh, for me this week, it's, it's hard to go past it. There were probably two things that stuck out for me. There was Rui uh, Patricio, the new Portuguese goalkeeper for Wolves, wearing number 11 in a friendly. Oh, for me, that, that, that is a part of me dying. That's oh, not aesthetic yeah, that is at not, all. That is not cool. Um, the other thing that I picked out was um, Jose Mourinho um, essentially slagging off his own team uh, in the in the press uh, in preseason. I know he's missing a lot of players, but wow, he really took it to the next level when he was uh, um, yeah talking about his team's performances and really his team's chances. I'd say probably the first month. So um, yeah, here it is anyway. We've actually got yeah, we've actually got a clip, so we might just play it through now. The atmosphere is good, but if I was them, I wouldn't come. I, I, I wouldn't come, I wouldn't spend my money to see these teams. I wouldn't spend my money. I think the passion that many Americans have for soccer deserves more. Deserves more, deserves the best teams. I think what creates passion is the quality, is the good players, is the good teams, is a good Liverpool, Manchester United. So for me, like that is that is just peak Mourinho. It's pretty much Mourinho over the last ten years, just wrapped up into a, a nice little bundle there. And and the thing with that is like that sort of goes beyond his usual mind games. Of I haven't got enough players and siege mentality and wherever. Like I mean, I like his negativity, but that is sort of like all time cracked out. Someone come and sack me because um, he's also. I mean, he also has got the, the fans as well to say that they're wasting their money. It's kind of mocks American fans a little bit in there Absolutely. as well. It's a bit condescending. I mean, they, they know what they're going going to see. They know that they're not going to see the full team, but it's they're, they're there for the experience. Yeah, I mean, how would you feel if you're, like, you're one of the youngsters coming up at United and Mourinho's just basically told you you're not even worth, you're not worth seeing, you're not worth the fans coming out for. Uh, yeah, it's not, not great. You've got the likes of Andreas Pereira, who's, who's just... He's just had a good season at Valencia, and he's hoping, yeah, to break into that um, Manchester United first eleven. And he thinks, oh yeah, this this could be my season where I really sort of crack it with with my parent club. And um, yeah, then you've got your manager coming out and saying that, and you're just like, oh, why do I, why am I here? And also in the same breath to say, I'm not going to get the signings I want, but I'm on tour with all the guys that should be breaking into the team, and they're not good enough. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the uh, you know what what the line is there, but yeah. Definitely one for, I guess, the, the, the NBA schools to, to dissect that management approach. <laughs> Absolutely. And a, and a contrast with that is uh, what Pep said midweek. Pep's on tour, he's got the same situation. Oh, he's, he's, got, he's got players away. And he said, this is, this is my fact, you know, it's such a great time of the year. so great to see these young guys and see them learning. Yeah, real contrast in attitude and, um, and vibe coming out of the city camp. Polar opposites, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it doesn't want to be there. Colby, what was your what was your own goal of the week? Though? Yeah, my own goal was Neymar's Gillette ad where he talks about his World Cup diving antics. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, since joining um, PSG from Barca last year, Neymar, who's obviously widely regarded as the third best player in the world, um, he's been coming under increasing scrutiny for his habit of going to ground very easily. Some would say, and some would say, diving on a lot of occasions, in addition to all the showboating and tricks and flicks that he does unnecessarily. 
And this all basically came to a head in the World Cup where I've got a stat. Apparently he played 360 minutes and he spent 14 minutes on the floor. So, you know, even he even had a penalty overturned by the VAR in the World Cup. And so after that, the world's just gone into meltdown about his antics. And in response to that, he's put out an ad in Portuguese, which is sponsored by Gillette, um, where he addresses his choices in the World Cup and explains over black and white images and soaring music. Um, so I've got a, got a couple of quotes here I'll read out because it's, it's in Portuguese, so I'll read the translation. You may think I exaggerate, and sometimes I do exaggerate, but the truth <laughs> is I suffer on the pitch. You may think I fall too much, but the truth is I did not fall. I fell apart. I feel like that's the next line is don't <laughs> fall apart when you're using when you're using yeah, a razor. Yeah. Make sure you I use mean, I don't razor. really know. Well, I don't really understand the tie-in with Gillette, but I mean, you, you sort of get the gist. And um, you know, he's basically he's basically calling on everyone to uh, you know sort of get around him when he hasn't done anything other than just be a shit bloke when he should be one of the best players in the world. I mean, he's basically saying, yeah, like I, I screwed up, but please love me anyway. Um, so for me, this is an absolute own goal and speaks only to his sponsors and to his own vanity. So, like, mate, just get out there and play football. Exactly, because it all counts for nothing if in the first week of the Champions League he goes down again and does another 20-metre <laughs> roll. <laughs> Maybe it was his best attempt at a smooth recovery. Whoa. Right, on, gents. Time, time <laughs> to get on to our Community <laughs> Shield <laughs> preview. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, it's time for our preview of tonight's Community Shield. So, the Community Shield is the traditional curtain raiser to the Premier League. Um, it's between last season's Premier League uh, and FA Cup winners. Uh, this year it's between Chelsea and Manchester City. So during the week we took a poll on the Cats Football Press uh, Facebook page asking who was going to win and the result was a resounding uh, win to Manchester, Manchester City. Uh, they won by 73%. Or 73% of the voters think that they're going to win. So, um, stat. Yeah, yeah, stat. 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 Um, so... Gents, what do you think? Do you think uh, Chelsea even have a chance here? Are they just going to get blown out of the water? Uh, I actually voted for Chelsea Ooh. in the poll. So I'm probably one of the three people in the 73%. <laughs> oh, sorry, in the uh, whatever it is, 26% uh, group. But And that's simply because I think you know most of the City team are still um, haven't, haven't rejoined the squad yet. And uh, a lot of these Chelsea players are either playing for a new contract or will be playing for um, you know the last days of the of the window hoping to get picked up by someone, so... I voted for City in the poll, but I'm actually starting to come around to the idea that Ooh. Chelsea could, um, you know, Chelsea could do something, yeah, like you like Andy said, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're there to impress, and also, yeah, this, a lot of the City players haven't had a, haven't really had pre-season, they've, they've had a little bit of a break, and yeah, I, I really don't know, uh, I think it could be closer than a lot of people are thinking. Uh, fair enough. I, I think um, I, I think it's interesting to see that you guys have. Re- it seems like you've drunk the Kool Aid after watching Chelsea play uh, play Perth off the off the park last week. <laughs> but no, I, I think um, I think City are just going to uh, win this in a canter. I think they they might get up to maybe three nil. Um, I think Chelsea Chelsea are a bit of a basket case at the moment. They still don't know if Courtois is actually going to mm. stay with them this season. Same with Hazard, although I think he's more likely to stay. Um, and City, whilst they've had less uh, less time together as a squad, 
I think they're deeper as well. Like yeah. Chelsea do have some great young players that they can bring into the squad, but like we were just saying before about uh, Manchester United and their ability to bring young players sort of into the first team and integrate them effectively, I think City has a much better chance of being able to do that, even if it's just for a one-off match. Yeah, and I actually think this will... I mean, for City... This will this will be a good marker of how hungry Pep's got them for the season, and we'll, we'll you know we'll probably touch on that later in the um, the previews for each side. But I mean, this this season for City is going to be you know after they've won the league and they're really eyeing the Champions League, how hungry can Pep keep them to have success in the Premier League? All right, boys. So what's your what's your score predictions? I've got a two one to Chelsea. Two one to Chelsea in normal time or extra time. Normal time. Normal time. All right, Colby, what about you? Oh, I'm going to say 1-0 Chelsea. I think they're just going to nick it. Wow. Well, I think it's actually... It could be a really exciting game. I'm, I'm going to say 2-0 to, to City, though. All right, let's see. Big. All right, let's talk transfers. So we are days away from the 9 August transfer window, which you will note is earlier than the, pre, than the old uh, 31 August deadline. And in spite of this added time pressure and the hangover from the World Cup distraction, a lot of both Premier League and European clubs have done some good business. Uh, Lance, what's caught your eye? Start with you, Tommy. Uh, so Dinier has gone from uh, Barcelona to uh, to, Fo- uh, sorry, to Everton. Um, I think it's for in the region of about uh, 20, 20 million pounds, although officially it's undisclosed. Um, and I think um, that's going to be really interesting. And although he didn't didn't get any game time for for France at the World Cup. Um, He's a, he's a quality player, and I think uh, Everton have needed a replacement for Baines um, for, for maybe the last year, two years. Um, but I think um, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not... Uh, who, who actually gets more game time this season out of those two. I mean, Baines has been such a stalwart for Everton now. Penalties, free kicks, really the, the, whole, the whole show bag. But um, yeah, Dignone, I think, is a, is a more rounded... Um, better at the back as opposed to going forward. And Everton certainly could use a bit of youth um, back in those on, you know, back wide positions because between, uh, yeah, Baines and, and Coleman, I think they're um, probably slowing down a little bit. Um, now, is, can we just confirm, is it Digne? 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 Can this be a poll question for the week? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, that's, we definitely need another poll about this, I reckon. That's fantastic because, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, we could, if we can flush out some French fans as well. Yeah, that's it, that's <laughs> it. And, I mean, you know, it's it's really, really great for the player as well. You know, he's moving um, just across the park from his boyhood club, Liverpool. <laughs> so, anyway, see, he's got a, he's actually got I'll Never Walk Alone tattooed on, on his chest. So, uh, the Merseyside's going to be interesting, to say the least. I did, I did not know about the tattoo. Yeah. That's interesting. It's right across his chest. It's big one. Um, but anyway, I guess uh, another one of the, the big transfers was Mitrovic. He's finally left Newcastle and gone to Fulham, where he was on loan last season. Oh, it's one of the big moves of the, of the Premier League summer. No, this, you know, I think this is actually a great move for Mitrovic. And um, I'll tell you why, because the biggest problem he had at Newcastle, obviously, was service. And uh, at Fulham, he's got a team that's going to play much more attacking football. Yes, Essendon's going to be uh, playing as a, uh, as a winger instead of a fullback. So I think, yeah. that, I think you know, that he's going to be... Getting a lot of service and from that left foot. He's got Sessignon on one side, and he'll have um, Sherla reinventing himself as a right oh, winger. You got Seri and Kenny behind him. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit later on, but yeah, Fulham, uh, uh, you know, looking like they've made a, quite a few good signings, and their, their squad's looking decent for a newly promoted team. That's for sure. How many goals for Mitrovic? I'm going to say ten. I, I don't think he's going to fire. I think he's a championship striker for me. You know, he's already, he's already. I mean, you know, last season he had, he had a shot. And he was he was kicked straight back to the championship. You know, is he a flat track bully? I don't know, but he seems to be like one of those players that can only really uh, only really make it in the championship. He's not alone, but 
Shane Long. Um, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, next one, I guess, Mares to City. Is he going to play? Yeah, I think this is this is a little bit old, this transfer, but I think it's there's still plenty to discuss there. It's I don't think he fits particularly well into into City's style if he's played as a winger, but having said that, though, um, I, I think um, there's a chance that Guardiola might try to sort of reinvent him as a as a more central player and um, try to, to bring him into uh, some of those central areas and working alongside Aguero or something like that. that. That could be something that might play out either early or later on into the season. Oh, you, you meant as a forward rather than in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. So, so as a genuine winger, okay. I, I don't think he's, he's better than either Sterling or um, Sane. Sane, but I think... There, there is a chance that yeah, Guardiola might might play a little bit more centrally. There is like a ten or sort of um, maybe as a more central figure, and you might you might see the reinvention this season of um, of Mares. Because obviously, the City have got to have a big squad if they want to be going deep in the Champions League and they want to be um, challenging in the Premier League and you know winning, presumably picking up a trophy here or there in other comp- competitions. But I mean, is he? Does anyone? Do you guys think he's going to get minutes in the Premier League in a meaningful way, other than sort of the occasional run off the bench or you know uh, cover for someone, one of their main stars who might be tired? Well, I think probably what they get there is a bit more flexibility in that they could play a lone striker and then have proper wingers. Because um, Sterling, I mean, is now sort of becoming more and more as uh, of, a, of a central player. The way um, yeah, Tommy's talking about this reinvention. So um, yeah, I guess so. We said it's, it's, they've got a lot of games to play. But the interesting thing as well is going to be to see how he reacts to being not a big fish in a small pond anymore. He's now a large fish in an enormous pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's surrounded by huge players, huge egos, and obviously I think Guardiola does a good job of managing those. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Mara's actually responds to that and whether or not he can be as consistent as he previously was. I think he'll mm-hmm. certainly respond better to his having the ball a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I mean, question, question without notice, fellas, as well. One transfer that you know might might be happening, looks like it's going to be happening. Went quiet for a little while. Was obviously Courtois to Real Madrid, so that's a transfer out of the Premier League. But um, do you think it's going to happen? I think it's just a matter of time. Personally speaking, I think he he's sort of started to make noise that he really wants to leave. And um, I mean, when Real Madrid comes calling, there's not many players that can resist those sort of. Uh, charmful overtures. Mm. And I mean, with the, with the transfer window closing earlier this this uh, year, there's not long for uh, Chelsea uh, if they are going to give him up to find cover. I mean, they really they really don't have a serviceable backup, in my opinion. Cavalero, as we saw in the World Cup, is just absolutely cooked. Yeah. See, and that that uh, transfer window um, shortfall in you know. Ending on the ninth rather than thirty first is probably something I think Chelsea are actually banking on, particularly with holding uh, holding on to Eden Hazard. Is that as the, as time goes on, they have less and less time to replace him, and it's an easy way to say to the player, "There's going to hold firm." Exactly because um, yeah, obviously you can still be losing players up until the thirty first, but you can't replace them after the ninth. So uh, if you haven't signed anyone before then, well, you know you can't really let them go. And Chelsea have done it before as well, like they've. They've made players play out another, you know, give them another year. Um, I mean, they've done it to Hazard before, and he's he's still there. So, you know, what's to say they're not going to do it again? But for him, if he's going to go, it's it's got to be now. Yeah, it really does because the, you know, obviously, there's a space opened up at, at Real Madrid. They need another superstar, and um, he's what is he? Twenty eight now. 
Uh, yeah, he's, he's getting getting towards that age. Yeah. Yeah, this is he's probably got one one big transfer left, so it really has to happen this year or next year. Hmm. And next year, who knows where Real Madrid are going to be? Maybe they sign someone else. Maybe you know. What can happen? Bale's, Twelve months. Bale's fit for a whole season, and um, they don't need that superstar anymore. Yeah. I think if they wait 12 months, Hazard's not going to Real Madrid. Although it would be very Real Madrid-like to sign a 29-year-old on huge money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, so are we done for transfers? Yeah, I think we're done. Let's move on to our uh, preview of the uh, English Premier League season, each side's chances. As if previewing the transfer window and the Community Shield wasn't ambitious enough already for our debut podcast, it's now time for our bumper Premier League season previews. So here, Colby, Andy and I will preview each team's chances this season. As there are 20 teams, we'll try to keep this roughly to about 20 seconds per team, i.e. lightning round. All right, boys, let's go. Let's do it. Arsenal's first up. Colby, what do you think? Arsenal. So in terms of what I think... They could do well this season. They're going to have the new manager bounce of all new manager bounces <laughs> after 20-plus years. They've finally got a new manager, and as well as uh, you know, Aubameyang and Lacazette having had full pre-seasons uh, and you know, some key signings shoring up the midfield. I think they'll do, I think they'll do well. Um, Where are they going to finish? I think they're going to finish in the Champions League places this season. I think they're going to, they're going to do quite well. I think they're going to come in the Arsenal spot, fourth place. I had them down in sixth due to Europa League pressure. That's why they won't do well. Alrighty, cool. Uh, Bournemouth. Um, why they'll do well? Eddie Howe's attacking football. Uh, why they won't do well? Aging squad and a reliance on Nathan Ake. Ake, the key player. All the players you could have a reliance on. Hey, he saved them a lot of goals last year. Um, I've got them finishing down around. 15th, so the mid to bottom part Low of the table. the table, yeah. I think they're going to avoid relegation, but only just. I mean, each year they're getting sort of closer and closer to relegation. What do they, what do they need to sort of have a beneficial, you know, to make sure they have a great season? They need some more quality. Yeah. I, I think just really across the pitch, like, they're, they're good without having any real standout players, I think. They yeah. need to stop shipping goals. Yeah. Yeah. They outscored everyone last year. Um, who's next? Brighton. Yeah, so good pause. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there was a few of these teams that I had to do some research on. Let's just put it that way. But I mean, Brighton. I think you know why they could do well is I mean, you know, they've they've strengthened what they needed to strengthen. They've brought in defenders. Um, last year, Duffy and Dunk led the league in blocks. They just need to do it again. Um, and why they won't? You know, Lightning might not strike twice. They really, you know, Hewton got every last drop of potential out of that team last season and I don't know whether he can do it again. I actually think they're getting relegated this season. I think it's it's time. The luck's going to run out. The luck's luck's going to run out. Surprised a few people last year but I don't see them doing it again. Uh, Next. Okay, Burnley. Um, So, why are they going to do well? Um, Continuity of manager and a core of players. You know, they've got big Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood banging down the yeah, um, why I think they're going to struggle, though, is an even smaller squad than last year, and now they've got to play European football. Where are they finishing? I've got them down 13th. 13th. That's actually not that bad. It's probably a pretty no. good season, <laughs> considering they're playing Europa League football as well. Yeah, yeah I don't I, they'll be doing that for too long, though. 
Yeah, no, I agree. But I think they're going to finish a lot lower. I think Same. they're going to be down thereabouts in, in relegation zone. I yeah. think they rode their luck a lot last year with like just conceding so many shots, um, which was fantastic games. for me because I had Nick Pope for um, for fantasy. But uh, he's injured, isn't he? They've got a yeah. crisis. Yeah, Nick Pope's injured. Pope's had uh, shoulder rico like the last week, and um, and now Heaton I think has got a calf injury or something, and he's been nursing that shoulder injury from last season that took him out for the whole season. So yeah, I think they're going to be sort of flirting with relegation. I don't think they'll get relegated, but I think they're going to finish a lot lower than previous seasons. I think they had a struggle for goals as well last year. They didn't concede a lot of goals and they were lucky, but yeah. this year they're going to need more goals. Yeah. Right, Cardiff. All right, let's get me for Cardiff. Um, <laughs> got nothing to say. Oh, they're only there, like Warnock. You know, he's a championship manager. He's got a championship team. They've signed players exclusively from the championship and they've been heading back to the, the championship. championship. Straight away. Does, does Warnick know that they've actually been promoted? Because it no, seems I don't think like... I don't think he knows. <laughs> he can give a spray at half time. Oh, man. The, the, then Warnock, Nuno, Spirito Santos is going to be a, a tasty matchup, but then they're going straight back down. I think they're going to be not op- opposite ends of the, the table this season, but yeah, pretty pretty much along those lines. Bolt, uh, it's Ricardo for my pick to come last. Yeah, mm. me too. Chelsea? I mean, we've, we've talked about Chelsea already. Uh, you know, while they'll do well, they haven't yet lost those world-class players in their squad. So, you Courtois, Hazard, Willian, Kante. Um, so, they've got a great squad. Sarri's, of course, a great manager. So, that's, you know, that's why they'll do well. But, I mean, you know, he, he hasn't been in the Premier League before. He's a great manager, but he's unproven in the Premier League. They're going to have a system change. Their wing-backs are more limited now with, you know, query what role Alonso and Moses are going to play, whether they're going to be as effective. Uh, I, I see them finishing in a Europa League spot, probably there or thereabouts. I'm actually excited to see how Chelsea do this year, though. I don't think they're going to be in the Champions League spots, yeah. but I'm just interested to see how they go. Because the last few years, you go, oh, Conte, Mourinho, uh, it's just... Pretty dull, but this time I'm, I'm interested to see them play. I want to watch them. So, boys, I am actually going to uh, respectfully disagree. I've got them up in third place. Ooh. Huge. Yeah, I think they hold on to Hazard. I think Sarri gets them going. Um, why they're going to struggle, though, is they've got two big strikers that don't score many goals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Nailed it, I think. All right. Um, now, on to Palace. So, I, I think... Palace have shown under Roy Hodgson that look they're a they're a decent team and I think they're going to be well organised enough and they're going to score enough goals as long as Zaha uh, stays and stays fit. Yeah, um, but I think they'll do just enough. I think they'll be sort of like one of those lower mid table teams, sort of around twelfth, thirteenth, eleventh, that sort of that sort of uh, ballpark. And they've added Max Meyer as well, who he could be one of the the finds of the season on a free transfer from from Schalke, and obviously they've signed a mighty. Jacoby Chiate from, from West Ham as well, which I mean, <laughs> had to get it in there. Yeah, exactly. He'll probably be on the bench most weeks, though. So. No, I agree with that, Tommy. I, I think, you know, Boy's got his work cut out for him, but he's got a decent squad, and, and Zaha's probably the best player outside the top six. Yeah, I mean, Zaha's key for them. If they lose Zaha, then they lose everything. But for me, uh, they need to send it forward. Benteke's lost all yeah, confidence last season, and Sorloth, the Norwegian that they got in last season, only in half a season, but he ne- I think he needs, still needs some time to develop into a Premier League player. So for me, they're, they're finishing low at mid-table. Yeah, bottom third for me. Everton? Everton. Um, big thing for Everton, uh, I think, is going to be having Sigurdsson actually playing in his position, mm. rather than out on the wing. 
Um, finally, they shifted out the other two number tens they had that were pretty rubbish. Um, Rooney and Classen. Yeah. Uh, why I think they'll uh, struggle a little bit though, Asian back line. Mm. Um, that said, have brought in Digne. Um, but yeah, so I've got them finishing uh, mid-table-ish, but just outside the six, I've got them at about eight or nine. Yeah, for me, um, Marcus Silva, obviously great manager, is linking up with his mate Richarlison. <laughs> I think, uh, I, you know, I think that, I think they're looking good in the in the forward line. But uh, the, the thing, the key weakness for me, or why they won't do well, is they've they've got a centre back crisis. I mean, Williams is is way past it, and he's gone out on loan. Jaggy Elka's way past oh, his nice. prime. Keane lost all confidence last year and didn't look to develop into the player everyone was expecting him to be. So. I mean, that, that that's a real hole for them. So I think unless they get uh, a really solid centre-back in um, before the end of the transfer window, they're finishing mid-table to lower mid-table. Yeah. I'm, I'm really keen to see... Uh, sorry? A lot of reliance on Pickford. Yeah, he's going to, he's, he's going to be busy if they don't sign a centre-back. I'm, I'm really excited to see how Everton do in the, the last few days of the transfer window because they are far from finished. Panic by time. Yeah, it's got a written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. all right, Fulham. So for me, I think they've made a lot of smart signings um, and they've brought in some... And they've kept key players. So they've kept Sessegnon and they've brought in Shirley, uh Seri and Mawson. Um, and so they're, they're looking like really, really smart signings. Why they might not do well, though, I just still think they're, a, they're definitely a championship team coming up. They don't have enough firepower in the front and still a bit of a weak midfield. For me, Mitrovic looks like one of those strikers, like we said before, that he can only score... In the championship, um, I think I don't think they'll get relegated. I think they'll stay up, but they they won't do much more than that. Yeah, I agree. I've got, got them around ten. Um, yeah. yeah, all the same reasons. For Ten's them. good. Ten yeah. would be a great finish for Fulham. That, yeah, they'd be okay yeah. with that. I, I had them a bit lower, but I actually think they're I think they're going to be a good team to watch this year. I think they're going to be yeah. exciting. And look, I think everyone who follows. Um, the Premier League, as well as sort of has a soft spot for the English team, mm. um, is excited to just see how Sassignon mm. develops. I think he's really likely to go get around him as well, right? I mean, Craven Cottage is a great place to go. Like, all sort of you, 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 yeah. you people from London who don't have a Premier League team are going to jump on board, I reckon. And I just realised now, like while I was thinking about it, that they've spent big money. Yeah. They've spent thirty million on Seri, another they're twenty on Mitrovic and Mawson. Yeah, yeah, like, and they they're great players. Yeah. Like. I mean, the jury's probably still out a little bit on Mitrovic, but more well, how serious how serious going to do? But I mean, he's, he's he played you know fantastically in uh, in the uh, French top league last year. So okay, who's next? Huddersfield. Colin Coles. I well, don't like Huddersfield either. Yeah, I look, <laughs> <how's your reason>? <laughs> so, <laughs> look, I think you know as with as with Brighton, it's going to be getting. Every last drop of potential out of them again. I mean, obviously uh, Wagner's a great manager. Um, you know, he inspired their rise really from when they were, go- you know, when they were bottom of the championship. Essentially, in two seasons, had them up in the Premier League. But I mean, f- for me, it's goals. Um, they were the lowest goal scoring team with only twenty eight in the um, in the Premier League last year, and that was the same as relegated Swansea. It's, it's relegation material. I think they're getting. So I think they're getting relegated. Goals. I mean, yeah. Munier and De Poitre are going to have to, you know, do a, have a big season, or they're going to have to buy. Uh, a decent centre forward, but otherwise they're going down. Traditionally, you get relegated if you concede a lot of goals, but I suspect this year we might actually see that a team with an actually a decent defensive record might get relegated, yeah. which is a bit of a paradigm shift, I think, for the Premier League. So it could be could be exciting, yeah. maybe for some of the wrong reasons, but yeah. at least for the stats, there'll be a lot a lot of deep defending in stale games. Yeah. Uh, let's move on, uh, Leicester. 
Why are they going to do well? Well, they've still got Jamie Vardy, and I think he guarantees them 20 goals a season. Agree? Wow. Whoa. I think it, I think Vardy's going to struggle now. Now that like they've they've slowly been chipping away at that championship team, and no Marius to give him service. Yeah, either. without Marius, yeah, gonna be that's that's going to be interesting for me yeah. for Leicester. I think I think they'll change the way they play. I think they'll end up playing as more of a um, well, even more of just a straight counter attacking team, defend a lot deeper, and just ping it over the top for Vardy. Yeah, so I mean, so they kept Maguire, which is great for them, and and I think Johnny Evans is a good pickup as well with um, Wes Morgan not getting any younger. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty bullish about Leicester. I think they're going to finish sort of upper mid table. Yeah, agree. Wow, I, I think they're I think they're going to be sort of down not not bottom of the table, but sort of around that 13, 14, 15 top spot. Yeah. I think they they're going to not not get sorry not score as many goals. Um, but Leicester, or Leicester, like I think they're still going to be pretty tight at the back. It's just going to be yeah, not the not the most exciting season for Leicester fans, unfortunately, though for me. Yeah. Liverpool. So for me. I mean, you know, they've retained the front three that took them to the Champions League final last year and they've addressed their key areas of weakness. They've, they've brought in a world-class keeper and a world-class centre-back, you know, as well as Van Dijk. <laughs> so, um, look, the only, uh-huh. the only thing that's stopping them from doing well is if, if they have an injury crisis. If, if Mane and Firmino don't pick up the scoring load that, you know, of course, Salah's not going to reach the heights that he did last year. But So if, if Mane or Firmino get injured... That's that's the only thing that's going to derail them. I, I think they're, they're title challenges for sure. Do you think Salah's going to score twenty goals again? Yes. Nope. Oh, no. 20, you don't think you scored twenty goals? Maybe, twenty maybe goals just. is massive. Maybe just look. I, he I, scored I, thirty I, last season. Twenties. I know, but before yes. Salah had a phenomenal season. But like I said, for me, he was uh, last year's Jamie Vardy. A great season, great player, but I don't think he's going to do it year on year. So Jamie Vardy scoring twenty, but Salah's not scoring twenty. Salah's getting 18. Oh, all right. Yeah, he'll be high teens. I think he's going to score goals, but, geez, he was on such a hot streak for so long. Every week it was like, oh, yeah, Salah's going to miss this week. He's going to... The, the patch is going to end, but every week it would just kept going on and on and on. I know I had Andy in my ear last season. <laughs> hey, it was all going to come to an end. Anyway, um, biggest problem they're, they're still going to have, though, if they really want to challenge, they've still got to beat the, uh, the shit teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of the shit teams, teams? Man City. <laughs> yeah. Well played, well played. Well, finishing, finishing first for me. Um, look, they don't need to add too much. Um, they've added Mares. You know, they're, they're arguably a little bit better than they were last season, but I think the thing that'll, that might trip them up will be the focus on Europe. Mm. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see if they can, I guess, keep that consistency and pace themselves as well. I said that, said that last week. But yeah. I think... Um, this year, with hopefully Mendy stays fit for them, mm. and if he does, that, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, that just it gives them so much more tech, uh, sorry, tactical flexibility yeah. that they can play a black a back three um, with a genuine left sided wing back, big, fit, that strong, quick presence. Wow, he could really light up the league this year. I think that's it's scary, just, isn't it? If they can keep those key players fit, if they don't have an injury crisis this season, and Guardiola can keep them focused and hungry, that's absolutely scary. Yeah, so yeah, still number one for me. United. Why, why are they going to do well, Andy? I think, in theory, bringing in Fred should give Pogba a bit of a freer role and should you know sort of get Pogba playing at uh, at his best. Yeah. Um, but in theory, communism works too. Exactly. <laughs> and um, you know why they won't do well? Their manager could lose his marbles. Yeah. Uh, I we've we've already discussed how it's Mourinho. the third season Mourinho train wreck coming right, right. Up, coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so I've, I've got them in fourth. Yeah, I mean, the, the only the only way I can see them really kicking on this year um, is if Lukaku and Pogba both step up. And I mean, you know, they could. Lukaku's now had a, had a season at United to get settled in. So you know, so is Pogba. Pogba's coming off the back of a, a you know pretty great performance at the world at the World Cup. Sanchez um, has had a proper preseason for the first time in like six years yeah. or something like so, that. So I mean, if if all those things click into place, uh, you know, I think they could do quite well, but. What do you do when when your, your club's imploding and the manager's just shooting you all in the foot every week? But I, I love it that they're already predicting who is going to replace Mourinho. Yeah. Like after what three weeks? He's on three, three, yeah. three months, four months. That yeah. time frame. Yeah, Armourio. Yeah, Newcastle. Relegation fodder for me. Ooh. I think they just they haven't invested enough in quality. They've brought in some decent players like Kennedy from Chelsea alone yeah. again. Yeah. They've um, uh, signed up. Uh, Dubravka, the goalkeeper they brought in on loan last year, and they brought in uh, Kisung Jung from Swansea. Yeah, as he's well. a good signing, I think. Yeah, he's decent, solid, like, solid, proven in the Premier League. But like goals were a problem last year. They signed um, yeah. Muto, the the Japanese striker for Mines, mm. um, and just think, I just don't think there's enough quality there yet. Um, I think they're not going to score enough goals. And like I said before, you could see a team that's actually pretty pretty decent at the back get relegated. And for me, Newcastle are a good chance to get relegated. Yeah, for me, the biggest issue with them not scoring enough goals is they've got a pretty tough fixture list um, for the first half of the season. So Makes it hard, doesn't it? If they if they concede a lot and they, they lose, you know, they go on a losing run, it's going to be really hard to chase, um, especially when yeah, you don't have the goals. What do, they, what do they need to make this season more successful? Yeah, a front man, someone that can actually score. Yeah. Um, look, that said, you know, Shelby had a great end of the last season and people were talking about him for the World Cup squad, so uh, you never know. That's, that's it. That's more England of old. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds, that's more to do with England yeah. than it is about Newcastle yeah, or Shelby's season. All right, Southampton. Um, while they'll do well, I struggle. I actually struggle to answer this question. Um, you know, they have a solid squad, um, no stars. I mean, most of their player, they've got a sort of solid player in every position, but they've just completely uninspired um, and they've made uninspiring signings they're, they're a selling club that's gone one one cycle too far without adequate replenishment either from their youth academy or you know picking the, the odd top player here or there to come in and sort of keep them up I, I think they're getting relegated this season they, they need in order to sort of combat that they need some of their strikers to be given or to show some more consistency uh, if Gabbiadini has a good season, maybe they can avoid it. But I think they've been um, circling the drain for too long now. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand what the um, the tactics are here. I mean, they're a team that's sort of struggled to play with sort of any attacking impetus and sort of score goals, and then they sold their best attacking player in Tadic. Um, you know, as you said, they don't play Gabbiadini. Um, one of the keys for them, I think, is keeping Charlie Austin fit. I think last season he scored 13 goals. Um, that was despite only starting 20 games. So if they can get him playing regularly, that'd be a start. But yeah, I don't see them doing doing much. I think they're on their way out. Tommy, where do you reckon? Well, I think the manager change at, at Southampton is key. Um, obviously, we saw Pellegrino uh, struggle last year, and really, like they were terrible. They deserved to go down. The poor man's Pellegrini. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now uh, Mark Hughes, who look, I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I think. He, he's such a different personality to have around that club after the last couple of years of like Kuman and Pellegrini. Oh, 
Squirrels. I always get them all confused yeah. now. There's about three guys with the same surname, just about with the minor minor difference. But um, and then they've brought in like the likes of um, El Yunusi, El Yunusi, however you want to say his name. Um, that the Iranian bloke from Basel. Um, and look, he he could he could really light the league up, or he could be a total fizzler. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, Mark Hughes' surprising appointment for me, um, given his like Stoke campaign, but. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Spurs. Andy? Spurs. Where have I got Spurs? I've got Spurs finishing fifth. I think core of Kane, all the world all stay. Um, a little bit of a hangover from the World Cup, though. Yeah. Um, big thing for them is going to be the return to White Hart Lane. Yeah. Um, however... Well, it's the new White Hart Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, problems for me, though, I think. Uh, lack of signings while all their competitors improve. So, yeah, I don't see them making any improvement, but they've got a good enough squad. They should stay where they are, really. I actually don't mind the lack of signings, so long as you're sort of okay in every position, right? But I feel like every season we, you know, we get to the end of the transfer window with Spurs, and they're in the same position where they just don't have a backup for Kane. Like, last year, thankfully, Kane did pretty well with injuries, and he had a really good output where where he finished uh, second in the the goal scoring. But, I mean, again, it's the same same question. If, If you lose Kane... You know, Spurs are Spurs are not going to do well. He's had an amazing run without injuries yes. now for so long, and they've just rode their luck and rode their luck. And eventually, like you touch wood for for Harry Kane and for Spurs fans, but geez, you you just wonder. He 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 had the long World Cup where they went all the way to the third place playoff as well, and you just think, oh wow, like that's that's a long time without a break. Is he physically fit? But is he mentally fit as well? That's such a huge amount of pressure. Captain England at the World Cup. Surely he's got to be mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, he's still quite young as well. He's only, what, 24, 25? And Max. Like, yeah. Huge amount of pressure on such a young player, physically and mentally. Watford? Why are they going to do well this season, uh, Andy? Watford, um, I think they're going to actually have a bit more balance and um, money having sold um, Rich Allison. Uh, what, are they, what do they do with it, though? Exactly. Um, that's why they won't do well. They're not really bringing anyone in. Yeah. Um, a smaller squad than than what they had, and uh, again, lacking a bit more quality. I've got them finishing low down the table. I I agree with that as much as I don't want to, you know, agree with you in every every point. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got a decent midfield. They've got some options up front, and they've got uh, they've you know signed Dale Ferry permanently, who who's you know a bit of an X factor for them, but. You know they've been doing that decently for a number of years now, but the the sort of trigger happy ownership, fire, firing and hiring managers is, is hurting them, and, and their squads yeah thinning out a little bit. So uh, yeah, I, I see them finishing low mid table as well. Could be a race between Manchester United and Watford to see who sacks their manager first. Yeah, the season. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're keeping up with Watford in the sacking manager stakes, then you're doing you're doing pretty well. <laughs> and um, just one final point with um, you know Richarlison leaving, might we see a return of the starting team for uh, my boy Etienne Kapoue? Kapoue. <laughs> You've been big on Kapoue for a number of seasons now. Yeah, I he's think. failed to deliver every year. Yeah. Let's, um, yeah, let's move on from yeah. Watford. <laughs> oh, look, I could talk about Watford all day, but we've got to move on to West Ham. Tommy, it's only uh, you. Tommy, it's, you can only the boys. Look, this, this season um, is, a, is about consolidation uh, for West Ham, which is kind of ridiculous considering we've been now in, in the gym. In the, in the You've got to keep this under an hour, by the way. Tom. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but look, I think they're going to finish um, comfortably mid-table. As long as they don't flirt with, with relegation at all this season, then it will be a successful season. I think the, the style of football is going to change a lot. Um, they've brought in some great players. Like Wilshere could 
could be fantastic. Felipe uh, Anderson from from Lazio. He's he's a fantastic sign who signing who someone who, who is someone that um, big clubs around Europe were looking at not that long ago. And um, it's it's exciting times at West Ham. There's a, a real air of positivity around the club and optimism. So it's it's an exciting time I think to be a West Ham fan this yeah, season I, I for think, once. I think you should be um, optimistic. Obviously, Pellegrini is a great manager mm. and plays great attacking football. Felipe Anderson I think will fit perfectly into that. I'm obviously watching a lot in Serie A last year. But, um, look, for me, a club that's sort of struggled with injuries over the last few seasons shouldn't be signing Jack Wilshere. <laughs> um, so, again, injury crisis will be the biggest concern. I, I won't disagree with that about Jack Wilshere. It's, it makes me nervous whenever I see him just moving or turning sharply in pre-season. So. Yeah. Boys, I'm pretty high on West Ham as well, actually. And, I, and another signing that, that you, you'd mentioned was uh, Fabianski. I think that's a great yeah. pickup for them. Um, you know, he's, he's constantly leading the league in, in a lot of the key stats for goalkeepers. Um, you it's, know, it's not hard when you've got the Swansea defence in front of you. Yeah. Know, like he's not making shots. Uh, he, like, yeah, he does, he's racking up some goals. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I see him finishing up a mid table as well. The only thing that will sort of stop that is if um, all of their signings that they've brought in fail to gel and they sort of turn into an Everton 2.0. But if, if, if things click, they're, they're going to do well. That's a risk as well. Yeah. So. Right. Um, yeah, Wolves. So last team to, to, to round us out. Uh, Tommy, what do you reckon? Well, speaking of signing a lot of players and it could be a risk that they don't all gel together, Wolves have almost bought half of a, a half starting Portugal. 11. Yeah. Well, yeah, as well as half Portugal as well. Like, uh, I think every Portuguese player is worried that um, Uncle Uncle uh, Jorge is going to give him a call and say, sorry, mate, you're off to, you're off to Wolverhampton um, this season. Um, but look, they brought in some fantastic players like the likes of um, uh, Rui Patricio, who yeah. we already talked about, John Rui number 11, Chino. John Machino, yeah. um, and Johnny as well from um, Atletico Madrid. Like, just some really class players yeah. that if, if they settle quickly, it, it could go really well for them this year. And look, I'm, I'm predicting that they're going to finish me table, but um, there, there's some people who think that. It, it could all go awry. People may not settle. Like um, with that many Portuguese players, or or, people, or just players from one particular culture, uh, you're not necessarily certain as to how the squad is going to gel, um, and and that could present problems. But look, um, you know, Esperanto Santo is a is a fantastic manager, and um, he's tactically astute as well. I, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get some good results this season. They're gonna yeah. play some attacking football as well. I'd be less worried about sort of factions in the dressing room and the, the Portuguese crew, but more about um, a sort of a lack of an out-and-out goal scorer. I think that's going to be one thing for them. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think they're going to finish um, quite high at the table. Um, yeah, mid, mid to other table for me. Yeah. I, as, much as, I, as much as I hate to say it, I, I agree. Uh, wolves. They're, they're, they're back. I mean, the only thing that can stop them, of, of course, is if they don't gel. And it's always tough for, for a newly promoted team, but yeah. Mid table for me as well. I've got them finishing ninth. I reckon they're top half of the league. Big, yeah, big, I, yeah, huge. Nine ten for me. Um, all right. Well, that's that's it. It's um, done. Premier League's done. We might, um, yeah, we might look at um, doing more more sort of fulsome piece on now uh, on the uh, Cat Football Press Facebook page and um, and lay down our predictions there in a little bit more detail. But yeah, that that was good. Yeah, look no forward problem. to it. Finally, I want to spend a, send a special shout-out to a couple of our close friends, Buds, Mark, Michael and Johnny, and Colby and I's beautiful partners, Kath and Juliana, for listening, encouraging, and helping us out with some feedback. Uh, we aren't pros at this, uh, and I think that's obvious. Uh, but look, we want to re- uh, acknowledge and thank uh, you all publicly for getting on board early and being supportive of us. Okay, so that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. 
Next week, we'll be back to review the Community Shield and first round of EPL fixtures. In the meantime, you can send us questions or feedback via Cats Football Press on Facebook. We also find more in-depth coverage as to what's got us talking from the Premier League and an Australian perspective on football around the world. Until next week, goodbye and enjoy the football.